Welcome to the CYA Podcast. CYA is a college and young adults ministry of Crossroads Church. We hope that this week's message can encourage you and inspire you to live a Christ-centered life. Hey, how you guys doing? You guys go ahead and grab a seat. What an entrance, right? Come on. How you guys doing today? You good? So I've never uh, spoken in, in a circle like this, so if I'm moving around too much, just, just let me know but I'm gonna try to look at all your beautiful faces. But uh, hey, so my name is Steve. I get to oversee our junior high ministry here at the church. Yeah, and um, Noah is on vacation. He's in Hawaii, so uh, you guys are stuck with me. So uh, when he asked me, he's like, hey, I need you to, I really would love for you to speak. God put you on my heart. I was like, are you sure me, not like somebody else? And he's like, no, you, so I'm the guy. So uh, yeah. So I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Um, I'm expecting that God's going to move and God's going to do something powerful. I'm not going to have you seated for too, too long, but bear with me. But first, I want to ask you guys a question. The question is this. Have you ever been around somebody or do you know somebody who, when you're with them, they constantly miss the point? For example, you share a joke with them and they miss the entire point of the joke. That, that's like who I am. Or uh, better yet, when you're sharing a story with them and they focus on that small, minor detail and you're like, dude, you missed the point of my entire story. What are you doing? Or maybe for the guys in here, this never happened to me, thankfully, but uh, something close happened to me like this. Uh, for instance, you like a girl and you decide that you're going to go out with, with a group of friends because you don't want to be creepy or anything like that and you don't want to show her yet. And uh, you decide that you're going to hold the door open for her, and you do, and you open the door, and she turns back at you, and she's like, hey, thanks for being such a great friend. You're like, dude, you missed the entire point. <laughs> so recently, I, um, I decided that I wanted to take care of my body, and uh, I, I wanted to be fit. So I, me and my buddy, we decided we we're going to go to the gym together, and um, I didn't know this, but taking care of your body also meant that you need to eat healthy. So if you guys know me, the majority of what I eat is Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, In-N-Out, Chipotle, Del Taco, Taco Bell, what else? Anything else? That's, that's about it? That's pretty much it. That is what I eat. And poor, sorry, over here, he just moved here and we're eating bad together. And I missed the point of, I thought maybe working out just meant you lift weights, you get some muscle on you. Can't you tell I'm pretty muscular? That's why I got this jacket on. And um, I thought that working out was, was going to satisfy me. I thought going to the gym was going to do that for me. And all of a sudden, I'm going to get bulky and I'm going to look fit. And then I look like this. I missed the point of what it is to go to the gym. And today... We're going to talk a little bit about worship, and I feel as though a lot of times when it comes to this idea of worship, we miss the point of worship and what it's all about. You know, we could come to church every single, every single Thursday, we could walk right in these doors, and we could miss out on what church is all about. Man, we could come in here, we could sing all these awesome lyrics that come up on the screen, we could memorize it, and we could sound really good, but we could miss out on what that whole song is all about. And today we're going to talk about worship, and I, I defined worship as this. Worship is what we do to express our love and our reverence for God. Worship is what we do to express our love and our reverence for God. If you're new here, that is why we raise our hands. That is why we do what we do. We're not crazy, but we're doing this to express 
our love for God. And as Christians, worship should be a lifestyle. Worship should be something that we do on the daily, not just something we do when we come here. Worship should be something that we live out and not just songs that we sing because they sound good. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I think a lot of times we forget the all. You know, what, what set, what, what's happening here is God is saying, I want all of you. I want your entire heart. I don't want half, half of your heart. I want your entire being. So when you come here and you're like, oh, I don't like that worship song, God's like, I don't care if you like the worship song. I want you to worship me. What would it look like if we decided as a church from here on out we were going to worship God no matter where we're at? Because a lot of times when we hear the term worship, we think about the lights, we think about the music, we think about the lyrics, and that is what our minds equate that's what our minds equate to worship. But worship is so much more than that. What would it look like if you decided on your way to school you were going to worship? Man, God, thank you so much. I have money to pay for my tuition. Or thank you, God, that I could take out some student loans so I could pay them back. <laughs> or when you're at the gym, what would it look like if you decided, thank you, God, for giving me breath in my lungs where I could, wor where I could worship you and I'm able to uh, finish this workout? What would it look like if we're at home and we decide we're going to worship? We don't need to go to YouTube and put on a worship song. We don't need to get our guitar out. We don't need to sing lyrics. But what would it look like if you thank God for the roof over your head, for the heat that's coming out of your heater and you're not cold at night because there's people that don't do that? What would it look like for those of you? Who's a commuter in here? Some, some, some commuters. Okay, I used to travel on the 91 freeway. It was horrible. I didn't know how bad it was. I moved here and I decided I was going to go to school in Orange County, but I was going to live in Corona. And then the first day of school, I hit that freeway and said, should I drop out now? Or, uh... But I remember as I was, as a commuter, I would sit on the freeway and so much of my time was me complaining. So much of my time was, man, I hate this drive. This is the worst thing ever. What would it look like if I decided that I was going to worship God? Thank you, God, that I have a car. Thank you that I have legs where I could drive and hit the gas and the brake. To get a better understanding of what worship is all about, I, wanna, I want us to take a look at today in Scripture and what Jesus had to say about worship. And tonight, we're going to be in John chapter 4. If you guys have your Bibles, as Noah says, I want, I want to make it feel like Noah's here. So if you, you could... Uh, blow off your Bibles. That's why I got this huge I fake iPad thingy here. So, so it's like Noah's here only. I don't sound like him or I don't communicate as good as him. But if you guys, are, if you uh, want to open up your Bibles to John chapter 4, we're going to be in verse 19 through 24. But before we dive into that, I want to give you some context as to what is taking place because context is super important. So, so many of you guys are familiar with this story and it's the woman at the well. You guys familiar with that? Yeah, so Jesus is on his way from Samaria. No, he, no, he's not. Okay, this is why context is important. Jesus is going from Judea all the way to Galilee. Okay, that is a trek. He didn't have a car. This guy was hiking it, okay? So he's going from one side of ancient Israel to the next side of ancient Israel. And he's going through all these cities, and he winds up going 
to a town called Samaria. I mean, I imagine this doesn't say it in scripture, but I imagine Jesus to be super thirsty. And I mean, he's been hiking for so long and he's like, I need to get some water. Where do I go? The disciples are not with him at this point. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go look for some water. So that's exactly what he does. And Jesus goes and he goes to this well to find some water. But if you didn't know, Jesus was a Jew and uh, Samaritans didn't like Jews. There was like this rivalry that took place. And uh, Samaria was where the Jews for sure would stay away because they didn't want to be around that area, kind of like Norco. Like, what, what's up with Norco? Nobody goes there, right? If you live in Norco, my bad, just roasting you, but never really been there. Uh, but anyway, so Jesus and the Jew, Jewish people knew to stay away from this, from this area. And Jesus winds up walking and he, he finds himself in Samaria. And while he is walking... He sees this well and he's like, ha, we're going to get some water. Let's do this thing. So he goes, he goes to this well. And at this well, there is a woman. That's a big deal. Okay, how ironic is this story? Jesus, a Jew in a place where Jews don't go, in a place where Jews don't associate with, Jesus ends up going there at 12 o'clock noon. And the time is crucial to this story because nobody at that time would have been there. At 12 o'clock noon, think about you guys who have to live in Corona. At 12 o'clock noon on a, on a, in a summer, you, you're not outside. You're sweating. You're inside your house. You're blasting your AC. It is hot. And in this time, it was hot. Nobody went around at, at this time. So Jesus goes to this well, and there is a woman there. And this woman did not want to associate herself with anybody. And Jesus sees her and strikes up a conversation. So they're talking, they're, they're chit-chatting is what I like to say, and they're just kind of shooting the breeze. And they begin to talk with one another and con they're conversing with each other. And then Jesus begins to start dialoguing with her. And then the lady's like, hey, could you go get me some water? She, she probably didn't say it like that, but basically, this is my interpretation, could you go get me some water? And Jesus, the savage that he is, he, he turns to her and says, hey, why don't you have your husband get you water? And she's like, I don't have a husband. Jesus is like, I know, you're right. You don't have a husband. You actually had five, and the guy that you're living with right now isn't even your husband. And this lady's like, oh, shoot. How does this guy know this thing? This guy's on to me. Like, what is going on? And this woman begins to realize who Jesus is. And picking up in verse 19, she says this. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive you to be a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people... The Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. In this story, we begin to see Jesus and this woman having a conversation, and the conversation goes from talking about water to talking about her husbands. And now they begin to dialogue about what worship is all about. And this woman was so fixated on her geography. She's like, no, no, no. The Jews worship on this mountain, and I'm a Samaritan. We worship on this mountain. And Jesus is like, what, what are you talking about? 
You know, that, that doesn't matter. I came and I'm going to level this whole thing out. And it's not about mountains anymore. We're all on the same playing field. And what Jesus is telling this woman is it doesn't matter where you worship. But what matters most is your posture of worship. And that is what Jesus is telling us today. That is what he's trying to communicate with us today. Is It doesn't matter the songs that we sing. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in this building, if you're outside, if you're in your car. It doesn't matter where you're at. What matters is your posture of worship. Which leads me to my first truth and my only truth. And it is this. Worship begins with the heart. Worship begins with the heart. A lot of times we, we like to make worship super complicated. There's sometimes when I hear, like I said, I oversee junior hires and I see them and they're just kind of hands in their pocket and they're just looking at the screen. I'm like, what what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we don't like this song. (laughs) Since when is it about you? Right? And a lot of times we, we put our emotions into it and God is saying, hey, when are you going to worship me? I don't care about the song. It's not about that. But I want to, I want your all. I want everything. I want your being. I want your whole heart. I don't care if the song isn't very good. I don't care if the people that are singing it, you don't like. That's all right. You're still going to worship me because I want your all. And today, that's what I feel like God has put on my heart. Man, I was in my office just like hyped up about this song because my heart is this. When I come to church, I sit in so many services where there's times where I'm like sitting there like this as well. And I'm like, ah, oh, I've heard this song so many times. We've got to play that again. And God really checks my heart. And he's like, what, why do you care about that? Man, worship is so much more than the songs that you're singing. And then he begins to talk about worshiping him in spirit. And that's Jesus is getting at, hey, I want your whole heart. I want to engage your entire heart. And tonight my prayer is that we walk away knowing That worship involves our entire being and not just our voices. What would it look like for us to make worship a lifestyle? How do we live this outside of here? Because we could hear an awesome message. We could sing some awesome songs. But if we walk out of here the same as when we came in, then what's the point? And a lot of times we come to church and we expect to hear a a banger message or a killer, whatever you guys, a killer message. But, but nothing, we don't change anything in our lives. Today, my prayer is that you guys begin to realize, okay, worship, I understand. I'm not, I'm not trying to miss the point here. Worship is, is more than songs. And I love Laura. I love the team. And, and as I was writing this message, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want them to think that I'm bashing worshiping through song. But in our church culture, we begin to see the awesome stage, the awesome lights, and we equate worship with that. And that is not what, what God wants from us. And at SIA, we're all about worshiping God, the, the one true God, the one who gives us freedom, the one who gives us belonging, the one who calls us his children, the creator of the universe, the one who gives me and you purpose. But worship begins with changing our perspective. And instead of us being at the center of our lives, we need to decide that God is going to be the center of our lives. Instead of us being the center of our lives, which a lot of times we like to do. In our culture, our culture tells us, 
You need to be glorified. Everything revolves around you. And God's saying, no, 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 that's not what I want. You need to change your perspective up. I want to be the center of everything that you do. Some of you in here, you maybe you heard this message, maybe you missed the point, and, and you tuned me out already. But some of you in here, you truly do want to live a life of worship. You're probably thinking, how do I do this? I don't think this guy gave me any tangible way to do this. But I think the reality is you first need to put God, you need to make sure God is first and foremost in your life and everything else is going to follow. In verse 25 of the story that we shared, we begin to see, we, we begin to see this conversation pick up. And Jesus is still talking to this lady. Now she's like, oh my gosh, how does he know about my life? This dude is a prophet, man. And then they're talking about worship. And then we begin to see in verse 25, it says this, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When, the, when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. If you notice, this woman came broken she didn't want to associate with people, hence why she came at the time that she did to the well. She was lost, she was confused, but one encounter with Jesus changed her entire life. And I came to tell you today that one encounter with Jesus today could change your entire life. You know, you could come in here and maybe some of you, my prayer is that some of you have never been to church before, in a, or never been to church before, or you haven't come in a really long time, and I hope that this message would speak to you because one encounter with God could change your entire life. And the reality is this woman, later on in verse 35, we begin to see her whole community changed as a result of her account. She began to talk about this relationship that she had with Jesus. She began to talk about this friendship and this conversation and her whole life changed and all her friends and all the people in her community, their lives changed as a testament to her and how her life has changed. You know, we're in this whole, we're in this initiative called One Life. And a lot of times we have people in our spheres of influence, but we're afraid to talk to them. We're afraid to invite them to church. What would it look like if you lived a life of worship where it is just spewing out of you and people don't even need to ask what's different about you. They could just tell because that is all you talk about. Man, this woman went back. She was hurt. She was battered. She was bruised. She was lonely. She didn't want to talk to anybody. Man, she went back to her community and the fact that her whole community changed as a result of her is a pretty big deal. They were like, what is going on with this lady? She was once broken and now what? And there's some of you in here, maybe some of you were broken. Some of you are lost. Some of you are confused. Maybe, just maybe there's some of you in here that have been hurt by the church before. We're so glad that you're here and we hope that that encounter that you once had would, would change today and you would encounter Jesus in a real and in a powerful way because humans aren't perfect. We mess up. We make mistakes. But one encounter with Jesus could change your entire life. There's a quote I wanted to read, and it's by a legend by the name of Tim Keller, if you guys know who that is. And he says this, if I could find it, that'll be awesome. He says this, you don't get to decide to worship. 
everyone worships something. The only choice you get is what to worship. You don't get to decide to worship. Everyone worships something. The only choice you get is what to worship. And tonight, maybe you're in here and you came and you're like, I don't even know how I ended up in this place. Man, I was just driving and I just ended up here. Kind of like me when I drive to Chick-fil-A. I'm like, how did I end up here again? But maybe you're, you're like, I, I'm just going to drive and I'm just going to go and I'm going to let the Spirit move. Man, I want to give you guys an opportunity in here to accept Jesus, to have an encounter like this woman did, where her life was completely and radically changed as a result of one encounter with Jesus. With everyone's eyes closed and head bowed, I want to give you guys an opportunity to accept Jesus into your life. Because the reality is, like Tim Keller said, we all worship something. What is it that you're worshiping? Are you worshiping your girlfriend? You're worshiping your car? You're worshiping your job? What is it that's first and for- foremost in your life? What is it that if it was taken, there would be no more you? You would be lost. You would be confused. If that's not God, I want to give you an opportunity to accept God into your heart tonight. If that's you and you feel as though, man, I don't don't know about this this whole relationship with God, can I just tell you that there is a God who loves you so much so that he was willing to take on skin, to live a life here on earth, and to die on the cross for you and for me so we can have a relationship with God the Father. And if that's you and you want to step into a relationship with Jesus today, I want to give you an opportunity to do so right now. So if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe you've already given your life and you walked away and you kind of wanted to do your own thing and you started worshiping yourself, you started worshiping your job, you started worshiping your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is that was first and foremost in your life, I want to give you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus into your heart. Or perhaps you never heard the gospel before and you never heard that there is a God who loves you so much so that he died for your sins. And if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity right now. So I want to know who I'm praying with. So if that is you and you want to give your life to Christ, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying with. One, don't let anything hold you back. This is the most important decision you will ever make. Two, Three, if that's you, and thank you for that hand, thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand, thank you for that hand, thank you for that hand, thank you for that hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A few more moments. All right, as one big family, would you come together and can we pray this prayer out loud, saying that God, you are number one in my life. I want to accept you into my heart. So all across this place, would you pray this prayer for the people that have given their lives tonight? Let's pray. Repeat after me. God, I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. I'm done living life on my own. And I want you, I want you to be first and foremost. 
I want you to take control of my life. So Lord, I pray that you come into my heart, you forgive me of my sins, and you fill me with your Holy Spirit, and you make me completely yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our ministry, follow us on Instagram at CrossroadsCYA. 